Hey, hey, welcome to Bonus Barrel! End of the year! with me is Seiji. Yep. So Shelby's away, left living life to the fullest, which leaves only two founders that are still around. Yep. That's me, Rob, and Seiji. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all right. It's the end of the year. People are, you know, still visiting family and shit. Um, you know, it's snowing, it's cold, but uh, we, we, we still have a show to do. And at the end of every year, we just go through and I basically, it's usually just me uh, inflating my own ego for half the episode by telling about all the games that I beat. That'll still happen, but we also have other stuff to talk about too. You know, it was rough. As you know, Seiji, every year I try to get 52 games in. Yeah. And it came down to the wire, but I managed to beat 52 games this year. Although there's a little bit of cheating in here. There is a little bit of cheating, but it's my own list. But we can address the cheating uh, when I go over the list. All right. But before you do that, like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm always amazed how you manage to play the many games. Me too. Can you share a little bit of your like, you know, strategy. Yes, actually, let's talk spreadsheets. I made a new one this weekend. Ooh, I like that. Uh, I know, I know, you love spreadsheets. Uh-huh. Basically, this is what I just how I keep track of all the games I beat uh, since 2014. I started this in 2014. Wow, so we're in our fifth year. That's insane. This is not a bonus, bro. This is me just, uh, I believe 2015 is when we started BB, right? 2015 is when I was in my second year of tracking games. That's yep. when I went from like 24 games beat to, I don't know, 40 something. And then the next year I had my new highs, I think, uh, mm-hmm. almost 60 games. Beat. Anyway, so yeah, I basically record them down and I have a, I basically uh, have a list. Uh, of the 52 slots I want to fill, and I try to fill them. Um, but what I, another thing I've done is I basically go through, and I just kind of look through my collection of games I want to play. Just games I, I know that, like, I look at the, I, I, I glance at it by a gut feeling. If I look at the spine, I'm like, oh, I want to play that. Then I write it down. And so I'll do that occasionally, adding new games to the fold. Then I go to how long to beat, and I see how long is it to beat this thing. On average. So I have this giant spreadsheet broken down by hour. So like one hour games, two hour games, three hour games. Eventually I get to, once I get to the 20s, I just put 20 to 25 hours or, you know, 26 to 30 hours, blah, blah, blah. And so if I'm hurting for games, if I need, or if I just need a break from, sometimes you play too many long games, you get kind of tired. So when I need a break for long games, I just go through a list and look for something shorter and I try to play. Uh, and that's how I, that's how I kind of balance it and try to hit that, that 52 mark. Because I believe, Seiji, that, uh, well, because I know I'm not going to go through and beat every game before I die, because it's probably impossible. Uh, even though I've, I buy games with the intention of playing them, uh, but I do realize that that won't happen. But I also believe that this is kind of weird, and it's not based on anything. But I, I feel like, I feel like, so as you get older, oh, <laughs> get philosophical a little bit, as you get older, time feels like it's going by faster, you know? And I think it's because you get too much into a routine, doing the same things, et cetera. So my theory is if I play a bunch of games, it's like uh, my brain's always thinking about newer shit. And Mm -hmm. so I'm not getting stuck. Uh, And I feel like there's some truth to my weird theory. Because, like, for example, if you're playing a game and you go through, like, say, stages really hard. 
but let's let's not even say that it's hard to do technically just it takes a little while to do and then you die at the end and you do the exact same stuff and even though it's it takes the same amount of time to do it feels way faster yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that's my, that's my theory about games if i play a bunch of different games this is dumb this is this i don't I'm not trying to put this as a philosophy. I don't think it makes any sense. This is just how my brain likes to interpret reality. But I think that if I play a bunch of different games, I'm getting different experiences, which is why I don't play like any one game for like 200 hours t- at a time. Because I want to get into the next game, experience a new story, and I want it to be different from the last. That's why I do it. Ah, and also OCD, because I feel like if I beat 52 games a year, I'm actually denting my collection. Both of those things. Yeah, but you also have, like, the idea of beating the game, right? Not just, like, playing the game. Yeah, I need them creds. That's the OCD talking. I uh-huh. feel like if I don't finish the game, then I've, I'm missing something or it's not done, so I can't count it. And then my, I get this, like, tickle in the back of my neck as I think about not... Like, I have games on my list that I have played a lot of this year but didn't finish. It takes a lot out of me not to finish a game, even if I hate it. Uh, and it's the same with Bonus Barrel. Like, I'm very, very, very... Uh, uptight about finishing games this show. I do my best to finish a game no matter what. Because yeah. if I feel like if we're talking about it, I need to... I feel like one of us should have beat it. Mm-hmm. And I rely I rely on you to do that because I'm the, I guess, because of my, my rigid schedule life that I've made for myself, I try my best to finish all the games for the show. It's, I mean, it's hard sometimes because some of the games suck. Ice Climber sucks. Did not want to play 32 levels of that. But I knew it was doable, so I did it. But like in terms of your day to day, like how mm. how do you manage to put all that you know all that time in? It's a great it's a good question because I'm I'm in my mid thirties and most mid thirties are mature responsible adults do things. So I again very rigid person. I try to get a certain amount of art in, a certain amount of playing video games in, and yeah. when I'm not slacking, uh, I try to get some some language study in there too. Uh, I have a, a I say wife, but you know it's not legally but you know basically my wife who's very we're we're like independently codependent which means like we're happy together in the same room but i do the shit i want to do and she does what she wants to do so so i don't have that extra layer of like i have a relationship and i do do stuff like i have to go to the movie i have to we like eating together i go to the movies and watch the shit together but it's not like i notice a lot of couples do a lot of shit together and me and meg don't do a lot of shit so at home, I just have to balance how many my gaming time. I try to get a few hours of gaming in, and a bunch of art in, uh, and then I watch some shit occasionally. That's really it. I don't do. I don't do. Like, you know, I have like dodgeball and other shit, but in general, I just kind of try to balance my evenings. I also like go to work really early so I can get out and have my day. Yeah. So I get out around four. It means I have to go to work at like seven, but I I go I get out at like four, and that gives me my entire evening to. You know, play games and shit. Yeah, because what what I was gonna say, it might sound like the only thing that you do is like play games, and that is not <laughs> like at all. That's not I, true at all. That's not true at all. Yeah, you do a lot yeah. of stuff that even yep. people that do have like might seem a very busy life do, mm-hmm. but you also manage to do all this other stuff at you know at a very high degree of mm, consistency. Yeah, I, I get you. I mean. This is I divide my times. I have like uh, I'm very routine motivated. That's the thing with me, right? I I have a, it's, and it's it's problematic in some ways, but it's also it's, for me it's nice because it's 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 my like, I I don't know. I guess I'm very anal about controlling 
my own time and I try to balance everything. And, and like I said earlier, like, you know, nine of the games I played this year are arcade games. Those aren't very long. And that's a big chunk of my of time. So you just got to balance the short games with the long games if you want to make like a, a dent yeah. into the library. So, you know, I, I still, yeah, it's funny because I do do other shit. Like, you know, I, we visit people, we hang out every week. I watch uh, my entire Saturday is pretty much gone. I just watch Sentai and shit. Yeah. I play D and D like, I, you know, I, I just, uh, I do a lot of stuff, but I don't know. I, I think it's just because I get out of work early and I don't have a lot of, like I can best balance around that. I don't know. I get, that's a good, like, I don't go to bed till like two. <laughs> so I mean, it's not healthy, but. So I have like, you know, from four till let's say 12 on a good night to get shit done at eight hours. You can do a lot of eight hours. Yeah. But would you, would you avoid doing something because you have to, you know, play games? No, uh, I don't really, you know, weirdly enough, uh, the games doesn't really impact a lot of my stuff. You know, I just, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, there might be a week, a few weeks here and there where almost I'll play a game more than I do art. Like right now there's an art contest going on. So I'm playing art. I'm doing art more than I'm playing games and uh that'll shift a little bit when kingdom hearts comes out i'm sure i'll just play kingdom hearts for a week for like the long games but there are some days like i was looking at my list and like there's like a few months where i only beat a couple games and they're long games and long games really eat away at my uh once they get too long i start getting antsy i want to move on to a new game so that, those are harder for me i like i think about it and you know i don't think i might be super wrong about this but i don't think mm. you spend a lot more time playing than I do, but somehow you manage to play like 50 times or, or not 50, <laughs> but let's say like 20 times more games yeah. than I do. I, I just think it's because uh, I go for credits. Like I, I go for the story of the game. Yeah. Uh, I don't replay a lot of it and I mix it up with really short games too. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's the only Cause yeah, you play, you play quite a bit of games too. I know you do. And, uh, Yeah, and I, but I'm all about heck, how many can I hit? If I was like, I think back to the way I used to play games. It's kind of funny because before, bef not even before, like before BBB, BB, there is a part in me. I think right when I started collecting and I started locking which games I beat. So in 2014, uh, before then, I almost never finished games. I played a ton of games. Mm -hmm. I've been I've been playing games since my teens. Well, as a kid. I've been play I played games too, but then I stopped for a little bit to read comic books and I didn't have any money. Uh, but once I got a like a job in high school, like I was just always playing games. But I, I don't know. I, I didn't beat a lot of them. I would get far and a new game would come out and I would start playing that. It wasn't until I uh, harnessed my OCD and started playing games to, to for a list to collect for, you know, to finish for whatever reason. There's no reason. I just do it because it's fun. But like when I put those own goals on me and started logging them is when I actually started beating games. But that means that I play a lot of games I don't necessarily would necessarily either play or want to finish. Um, but then again, I'm also experiencing games that I wouldn't have played because of the show and because of I like to beat games. Like like a lot of game. Like if I'm looking at a game between one to five hours, I probably wouldn't even have no cared in the past. But now I'm like, man, I'll I'll fucking try out Pinocchio for the SNES. It's only a couple hours long. Maybe I can beat that. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, you know so that so it's making me play games i wouldn't otherwise i don't know it's just fun it's fun experiencing a lot of different games too it's really cool looking at the like i always make a list of the games i beat and i put all the logos on it and then i put them in one big sheet and i and it's really fun to look at all the different logos together that don't belong <laughs> to each other yeah. uh and, and that's that part's kind of fun too it feels like hey the year this is i tracked i finished things i did stuff and regarding things that i love which is games 
and that's uh yeah i don't know you know because when i play games i hardly ever finish them because i i don't think they deserve like half of the games that i play or most of the games that i play i don't think they deserve being finished this is a lot of truth <laughs> yeah so this year i actually like beat a lot of games and was like most of the, did you of the the ace attorney games yeah oh nice i i i, I I beat like what, like two or three games a year, maybe. Like only the games yeah, that yeah. are very special. But because I was in like completionist mode with the Ace Attorney games, I like it. Like I managed to beat all all of those, and it's fun. And I think it what you're talking about. I think it's a little bit of a collector mentality, right? Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Because when you're collecting, right, there's only like a few items that are really, really worth it, but the rest are just mm-hmm. there to you know to complete the collection, right? Yeah. I think that's you made a little bit of a game out of your gaming, and you know, it's one hundred percent true. Yeah. Absolutely, you're right. It is a game, uh, and and my, you know, to me, my vic- yeah, it's win loss conditions. My win is fifty two games. My loss is under. Uh, I try to hit it. It is a little bit of a game, and my reward is seeing this game that I've collected. You're right. I've collected these games, these logos of games I've beat, and put them on. <laughs> It's yeah. a screen for like me magic. to view yeah. as my collection. Yeah, exactly. It's a hundred percent like that, and it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, it's kind of nice too because because I have a shitty memory. Uh, so when I look at these game, these lists that I make, I'm like, oh, I remember this game. That was fun. And so it kind of jogs my memory a little bit, just seeing all the all the various games. And it's really neat too. I don't know, man. Like these sheets are a lot of fun. I used to put way more effort into them too. Jeez. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it's, it's fun. And it's also a way of kind of reliving a lot of, because, because you associate memories with the things that you're doing. Like, mm-hmm. for example, there are certain music that I'll listen to that reminds me of World of Warcraft because I was listening to said music while playing. Wow. And I can sometimes see exactly where I was when certain songs are, are playing. And it's kind of the same with, with me for games. I remember, I remember certain events going on while I was playing certain games. So that, that part's kind of neat too. Like, Yeah. I could I I can think of some certain certain things, but but yeah, in a way, it's like that too. I'll look at Ice Climber and I might think about. Uh, well, actually, I'll just think about how much I dislike the game. But you know, maybe I'll think about other stuff that's going on during during that time. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it, it's it's fun and it's cool looking at the the list of of all the finished games. Yeah. So why fifty two? Is it the the idea one one per week? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't actually need to beat one a week, but I guess that's the the goal a year, right? Too. Mm-hmm. And and if you're balancing short, medium, and long games, it's certainly possible, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Like I'm going through. I'm trying to beat Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Dream Drop Distance right now, which is Kingdom Hearts 3D. It came out in the 3DS, I think, in 2012 ish. Uh, I didn't beat it then because I wasn't beating games back then. I enjoyed it, but I stopped playing for whatever reason. Uh, but Kingdom Hearts 3 is out, and I think this is the last game chronologically before 3, so I'm like, all right, I need to beat this game. It's about 20 hours. I get three or four hours in, so I can kind of roughly guess where I'll get. But I'm also playing other games on the side. I'm, I'm playing Sonic 1. I got it, the Sega Ages game from the Switch. I've been buying a lot more uh, shorter digital titles on my Switch lately. Like, uh, just uh, I got Fantasy Star for the Sega Ages. I actually just re- rebought the uh, Sega Arcade because it came out on Switch finally. Yeah. There's something nice about playing these games digitally, or uh, sorry, portably on the Switch that really helps. Yeah, that's so, you know, nice. I'm trying to get like four or five games in before Kingdom Hearts does. In the meantime, I'm working on a, a art contest. So, you know, like that, those, that's take, but I'm on vacation. So that's where my time is kind of going, you know. Yeah. Oh, hey. That's an example. If, if you beat like a, uh, a collection of games, you know, one of those games that have like five like retro games. Yep. 
let's say you beat those five games and you get the credits mm-hmm. for those five games, I guess those that counts as five. But do absolutely, you, do you also count as six one because you finished the collection itself? You know, I was I was wondering if I should do that because I did beat a collection this year. I actually uh-huh. finished the Capcom beat 'em up collection. That's uh, seven games, I think. Do I count that because I because I beat those individual arcade games and when I when I logged them I put arcade down. Yeah. But I did technically beat the whole collection too. That should be a, a freebie game. Mm-hmm. So you know what? I wasn't, but now I'm gonna. So that's 53 games this year. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah. right? So if if I play, let's say the Ace Attorney trilogy, right, which yeah. is one cartridge or one you know title that is sold, that is sold that way. It has three games, so there's you know the first three Ace Attorney games. Does that yeah. count as four? That's that's what I was thinking, and, and I guess in a way, as you said, yeah, but kind of it's cheating. It's fudging yeah. it, but but you know it's your own list anyway. It's not a contest, so I know. you can count it. I think you can count it. Like I, I didn't, think so. but I was thinking like if I did that. If you it, here's yeah. how I would do it for that specific one. Only if I played the three games on the Capcom Beat 'Em Up Classics would I count that ending uh-huh. as okay. beating the third. Here's a trickier. Or did I say uh, Ace Attorney? Sorry. Here's a trickier, trickier question. Right, so let's, let's say. You play the first Ace Attorney games, and sorry if I use yeah. that as an example, but that's what I have in mind. So let's it's say okay. that's who you are. Let's say you play the first, <laughs> but you play the DS version that has um, Return from the Ashes, right? So the original game for the Game Boy Advance had didn't have it, yeah, yeah, only had the first four cases. So that that counts as one, I guess. I but beat that as I counted that as one game, yeah. Uh, and then you finish the fifth case, which is the re-release with the extra case. Is that when when you finish, if you only played the the, the DS version with the extra case, and you finish five cases, does that count as two? Mm. You know, I have weirder rules when it comes to like DLC and shit. I have a hard time counting them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, some like some DLC games are are longer. Yeah. Than full games that I happily count. Yeah, okay. So I haven't I haven't reconciled DLC yet, which which is kind of like what you're talking about. A little bit, like if like the later games do have DLC, I wouldn't count those as an extra game. But in this specific case, it was a, a retail re-release. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which it would have, but not standalone, right? The fifth game is not a standalone. The fifth case isn't a standalone game. It's just a part of the the an extended part of the of the first game, right? That is correct. Yes. I probably if it's me. I wouldn't count it. I would just. It would only get weird for me if I beat that fifth case in the, a different year. Uh-huh. But I probably just wouldn't count it. Or what I would do is I would just add it and make an asterisk to it. Like yeah. for example, like I have asterisks to the side of a lot of games that I beat. Like if, for example, if I use heavy save states, like Castlevania last year or whatever year we played it, I had to use a fuck ton of save states. So I always put uh, like an asterisk, save state, heavy save state use, so I know. Because in the end, sorry, whew, my voice cracked. Uh, but in the in the end, like I said earlier, the list in, is just for you. So whatever makes you happy, I guess. Like you're not like competing with anyone, right? So okay. if I, I'll I'll make asterisks with with some of them, and I have a couple this time. Let me put it this way: so let's say you play the original version on the Game Boy Advance, right? So you yeah. play that mm-hmm. on the Game Boy Advance. So that's one game, right? And then you play you the re-release yeah. on the DS, like the same game, but it's on the DS mm-hmm. now, and that happened to have some extra content is that two games do you repeat do you are you replaying it again yeah yeah oh 100 that's 100 a different game if i i always count replay 
hell yeah i put guitar man i i i've been lately beating that once a year that goes on my list every year if i beat it because it's a game that i i finished all right now here's here's a caveat so in my list not not to get into spoilers because i'm sure everyone's really excited uh, i have near automata down three times and i was hesitant to put it down but each playthrough is unique enough and it had a full credits mode for each one that i decided to count them as three games oh, although boy, i wouldn't no. normally do that okay no, that, that, that's it, a tricky one it is tricky and i'm not uh i'm not i wouldn't i would i would certainly be i would understand why people wouldn't count that but yeah. each game each playthrough feels a completely separate playthrough it was sure. different characters has its own credits and so to me if i play, if i replay again let's say i beat dragon ball fighters again i've played it again that's me playing a game fully playing through again from a start to end with credits, that's a game beaten. And if I were to beat that game three more times that year, would still count it. Yeah, but I don't know. Like you could put it a different way and say that if you play a game and you get some extra some some credits at some point, let's say like in in a visual novel, you get a bad ending, mm-hmm. right? And you get like the yeah. credits really, really early on by playing, mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know, five minutes of it. And then would that count, right? I don't know. I I probably wouldn't. Now, yeah. if I were to play an entire path and then start fresh all over again and then do it differently entirely, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I guess I would count it as a second playthrough, in which case you could count it as a, as a separate game if you wanted to. Like You could also say that, let's say a game has like three distinct endings and you get one and you count it, you count that mm-hmm. game as beat. But you could also yes. say, like, hey, you didn't actually beat it completely because you had those other two endings, right? If it's two... Okay, here's how I view this this scenario. Yeah. This, this is my ruling. If you have to start from the beginning... No, and I don't mean New Game Plus. New Game Plus are fine. But if you're basically starting from the beginning of a game and not just going back a little bit, reloading a save file, or doing events slightly differently, but if you're starting over again and then you finish it again, that's a, sec- that's a new playthrough, in which case that is a new finished game. Mm-hmm. That's now. I didn't do that last year for what I wanted to do. I let me just double check my list here, make sure I'm not lying. Uh, yeah, I beat every three, all three uh, paths in, in Kingdom Hearts: Birth by Sleep, but I did not count it as a finished game uh, or three finished games. And mm-hmm. I, I can't quite remember why I didn't uh, because they were pretty self-contained each one. But then I did for near. I don't know. I guess I'm inconsistent. Uh, because they, because to me at the time I was like, ah, I could count these as three games, but I feel like I'm cheating. Mm-hmm. I don't know who I'm cheating. I don't know who I'm cheating, but I feel like I'm cheating someone. Uh, but no, I don't know. It's rough. I, if someone really argued with me, I I would concede that I'm cheating. But at the same time, uh, whatever, <laughs> I can do it. I can do what I want on my list, I guess. Yeah, it's complicated. Like the concept of beating a, a game nowadays is very complicated. Like in the past, it was easier, right? Because you will get the the credits, which is you know your reward when you go through all the content, yeah. but now it's not like that at all, right? Like there's a lot of games that, especially now, like they do this this sort of like an easy run, so you complete some part of the game and then you get like mm-hmm. the ending, but then there's all these extended stuff, like all those kinds of like trends that didn't exist in the past. Now they're really really common, and most games have them. It's really hard because you mentioned the thing about missing mm. parts of the game. And nowadays, mm-hmm. like, it's really hard to actually complete a game. Oh, 100%ing a thing is, is difficult, yeah. I guess how long to beat.com does have, like, a completionist time. Yeah, right? it does. Yeah. How accurate are those times for you? Uh, usually it takes me a little longer, I find. 
occasionally some will i'll be faster than that yeah but uh i usually add an hour or two mentally when i'm looking at those sometimes a couple hours if it's an rpg yeah so for me i usually take like at least twice the amount or to 50 percent <laughs> more or something like that yeah yeah mark goes the same way yeah uh, uh yeah another another cheat my other cheat on my list is I actually have Pokemon Go here. And the reason I do is I finished Muse Quest, which is, I don't know how much you read of that, is an insane undertaking. It's really difficult to, to unlock Mew. It takes a lot of time. Uh-huh. So when I finish that 10-part quest, because the game doesn't have credits, I'm like, you know what? Counts to me. I finished mm-hmm. it. So that's an example of, of one that, that that's a mental choice. Like uh, last, I think on the first or second year, I put Overwatch on there. Because I played hundreds of hours of Overwatch. There's no mm-hmm. credits to it, but I'm like, I've earned it at this point. To me, I've earned this place on my list because I, I have played it enough time that in any reasonable game there would be credits. Yeah. So that, yeah, so you gotta make those <laughs> those calls too. Yeah, that's a that's a hard one. Like games that have no ends. Yeah. Yep. If you, it's it's up to your individual. Like if I was doing a group, like if I was on a part of a group, a gaming society of, of people tracking the games, mm-hmm. there'd probably be a hard list of rules. Like you can't count a game you beat before. You can't you can't count a game that doesn't have credits. You can't count more than one playthrough. I'm sure there would be like a, a rigid listed version. I could come up with, easily, I guess, as you can see, up with a rigid list of of rules that you could put to these to make it more elite or whatever but i don't know i just to me it's do i get credits if i can't get credits in the game do i have i experienced most of the game if i put enough time into it to justify it cool it's on the list you know mm-hmm. if i and as we said earlier if i play start to finish three or four times over i'm getting new content all right i'll count them as three separate games mm-hmm. that's that's for me and if you want to disagree with that that's completely understandable i don't blame you not you i mean like in general i i before before we go into our lists I want to read an article from one of my favorite magazines, Retro Gamer. Uh, Seiji, I'm pissed at you, all right? Because you didn't tell me that you wrote for this magazine. What? You didn't, <laughs> you didn't tell me that you're an author? I'm going to read a little article. It's, it's, and please, when, when you edit it, add some music, some Seiji music, like Animal Crossing or something. This article is called Out of Character. Uh, it's by his quote-unquote name, Paul Rose, quote-unquote. Something I miss from that golden era of gaming we grew up with is the absence of character. No, not characters, plural, but character. Or at least the absence of the current desire to give game characters depth. It has been driven home to me twice this year throughout the latest installments in two long-running series, God of War and Tomb Raider, prior to their recent reboots, uh, which served as an attempt to flesh out Kratos and Lara Croft, respectively, weren't given much more to go on than the gameplay itself, the character's appearance, and a bit of scene-setting context. Both franchises are ones that I love, but the latest interpretations of these have weakened both series for me. I've long believed that storytelling should make the most of the medium in it's in, but all too often, modern games think their movies or TV shows often strive to be profound. I mean, we can lay the blame firmly at the door of the games we grew up in. Yes, I'm giving you side-eye, Cinemaware, but games have been, back then were limited by the technology. Consequently, our time spent with, say, Minor Willie or Wally Week would be about the game itself. There were no cutscenes deepening the story or going into the characters' torture backgrounds. We're never needed to know about the emotional baggage the bloke and Chucky Egg brought with him. The adventures were our own to have. We were we were Minor Willie. However, I'm a firm believer that Lara Croft, as she was originally in those early Tomb Raider games, became such an icon because we knew so little about her. There is something remote and un- unobtainable with the character, and consequently, it allowed the player to become immersed in her adventures. 
We never needed to understand her origin. She existed as a cool-looking avatar, a character designed around the mechanics of some groundbreaking gameplay. Indeed, shouldn't that always be the way with games? Surely, the concept game, the concept game must come first. And if you get lucky and, and create a Mario or Sonic, then that's a bonus. But who said? Uh, but who and what those characters are should always, as far as games are concerned, be the secondary consideration. Don't get me wrong. I think it's possible to tell story in games. So my favorite stories are of all time happen in point and click adventures. Plus, I'm all for giving games a bit of emotional clout. At the same time, the modern approach of stealing from the language of cinema feels like the wrong way to go about. I believe the devs need to stop looking across the aisle at movies and look into gaming's history. The world fell in love with games because they were games. We played them, not watched them. We've enough passive entertainment experience already. Games are the one medium where we get to become a part of the action. Where we're transported to an, and interact with fantastical places. And that's the article. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You wrote that article, didn't you? I didn't. No, but I. I, I Are you kidding me? It I, sounded just like you. No, no, I, I, I'm not such a hardliner. Like I have my own personal preferences, <laughs> but like I don't think games should be, you know, all games should be this way or the other way. <laughs> but I, I, that is a great topic of discussion. Like this is the kind of discussion that I, that I love to have. Um, but I'm not such a hardliner. Like this guy seems. Seem to have like his his mind really set on on what all games should. Be. This, this reminds me of, of <laughs> this reminds me more of year one bonus mm. girl Sage. Yeah, maybe that's true. That's true. much. <laughs> I was reading that half with you, like, what the fuck is this Sage writing this? Is this my image of Sage writing? <laughs> so I thought that was that was fun. And I think no, so if if we can discuss this a little bit, like I think both really? you and I were a little bit further apart in 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 our positions, and now we're more in the middle. And I think that is... Oh, yeah, I've changed a lot. Yeah, and I think that is a great effect of, you know, hanging out with people that you don't completely agree with, but that you can agree to disagree. This is really important because nowadays, like, people tend to create these echo chambers, like, you know, within their social um, environment. And that, I Mm -hmm. think, is really bad. But when you have, like, really, really good friends that you can agree to disagree, then you, you know... It enriches yourself, right? Like that's what I think. Yeah. Anyway. No, I agree. I understand exactly what you mean. I'm with you. It's not. It's good. It's good not to live in an echo chamber. I think it's good to challenge yourself a little bit, uh, especially if it's done in and in and uh, I don't want to say safe because that's a little bit extreme, but like in a, in a, in a reasonable, uh, friendly environment. It's it's fun to have disagreements. Like I love when we disagree about game stuff because in the end we still both love games and who it's not it's it's games. It's not having a large impact on on anyone yeah. outside of our ourselves so it's nice to disagree a little bit if i can just say something kind of quickly because you know you can i tend to go on rants (laughs) um yeah like my current position is that like i still believe that games should try to be games as much as possible and i think that is like some developers do it really really well and some others they just try to make movies Mm -hmm. but i don't think are mutually exclusive Mm-hmm. Like for example, in the in the Ace Attorney series, you might think that that it is a an example of of story being you know prioritized over gameplay, but I don't believe that. I like I really think that the mechanics of the game, which is you know to solve a case, and the telling of the story, which is very linear, it tends to be very very linear, but it requires you to be very in tune with what the characters are saying. Like if you miss some line of dialogue, you might miss something that actually helps you solve the case. 
So those two things come together really nicely and they found a way to do it, right? In some other examples where you're playing a game and all of a sudden you go to a cutscene because mm -hmm. the game's selling you a story, and if that doesn't impact gameplay in a meaningful way, that's where I think there's a disconnect and that's where I think that the medium is not being used properly. That's what, that, that is my current position. If you're going to tell a story, sure, tell the story, but impact the gameplay, right? Right. Most of the time when I play a lot of the games, those two things are just like two separate things. And, and more often what I'm seeing is that the, the story is disproportionately being prioritized over the gameplay. Gameplay is just sometimes something that you do to get to the next piece of the story. Well, that's, that's Order 1886 for sure exactly how that, that game played uh i've softened a little bit like i used to be uh like i could not understand what you're talking about before yeah. like i'm like i don't get it uh it depends on my mood for me like some games i don't want any sort i just want to fucking play i don't want to i don't want to listen i don't care i just want to play and other times where like for example kingdom hearts 3 i have a ton of story so a ton of cutscenes. but i'm like yes i want those cutscenes. give them to me tell me the story uh, and then, you know, uh, it just dep really depends on mood. I'm okay with, uh, with, uh, with pauses of gameplay to tell story. Like to me, it feels like, like I think maybe Marshall had the same stance. Like it's, it's like a reward for the, the gameplay part. Like mm -hmm. it's like, especially if it's hard. Like if I go through a killer boss, I'm like, I'm oh, adrenaline's up. It was really hard. And now I get to watch the results. I get to watch him fall or her fall and then the characters discuss it or or whatever yeah, or they escape or whatever they, the story happens to be like to me i'm like yes this is great i love it i want more character moments i like character interaction a lot which you can do without cutscenes. you could easily have care like a kid or uh for game or for 3ds had a lot of like character talk and banter and shit but it's while you're playing which is pretty cool but it depends on the gravity of the story. Like, if I was playing, like, create a, uh, God of War does a lot of that too. Like, a lot of that character talking is, is done. But it also uses cutscenes really well. Uh, although I find the cutscenes pretty quick in God of War. Like, they, they serve to move you uh, to a new set piece or to a new part of the story. Like, they're short, but they, but they keep you kind of going. So I think you'd actually appreciate that a bit more. Maybe don't get me wrong, there, there are a few cutscenes that are kind of lengthy. But even, like, even the credits of God of War. You, you're still playing the game. You're, you're walking home after you've completed your quest, and it works really well. So I don't know. Anyways, yeah, cutscenes in games and, and movies and uh, the shit that they can, you can take. I don't know. We've had this conversation a billion times. Yeah. But, and, and again, like, I'm not a... Uh, nowadays, like, I'm, I'm okay with all of that existing. I have my own particular taste in games, and I think most of the times developers don't, really do a really good job mm. utilizing the medium in novel ways that's why right. I, I i tend to to prefer playing like smaller games indie games stuff like that because i think they're doing really really interesting stuff and that's what they have to do because they don't have all the resources to create like this really rich you know environments and characters and you know all the production that goes into creating really compelling stories but I'm okay mm. with the other games existing and other people experiencing and enjoying types of games that I don't particularly, you know, prefer. I'm okay with right. that. Um, it's just that I have my own particular taste and my my own opinion. But you know, again, like I don't think all games should be the same. I agree. All right, I did have a little a little 
uh, segment I wanted to start. I'm going to do it anyways. So I'll do it quick. But before that, I just want to mention, Meg got me a book for Christmas called Blood, Sweat, and Pixels by Ooh. Jason Scryer. Um, I think it's basically, I haven't read it yet, but I, I want to. Uh, it's the stories behind, uh, sorry, I'll just read what the book says. The triumphant, turbulent stories behind how video games are made and includes the stories behind Diablo 3, Destiny, Witcher 3, Halo Wars, Uncharted 4, Shovel Knight, Star Wars 1313, Pillars of Eternity, Dragon Age, Inquisition, and Stardew Valley. I think it's just like everything that happened behind the scenes and shit. So that could be pretty fun. I will update you if I ever get around to reading it about how good it is. Excellent. All right. And my new segment is Rob's Reviews Room. There would be a little jingo. Uh, I'm going to go through it quickly because I, I didn't write anything down for this, which is bad. I usually get prepared. Um, but this is kind of like a little little segment I want to start. When, it, when I don't want to force myself to do it, but when I, when I think about it, if I play, as you know, I play 52 games a year at least. Uh, a lot of these don't get talked about in the show. And if I play one that I think is interesting, I want to talk about it for a couple minutes. And today we're going to talk about Psycho Soldier, an Ooh. arcade game by SNK. Uh, Psycho and from the Japanese uh, meaning is more related to psychic as opposed. I did not know this until I read about this on Hardcore Gaming 101. Uh, but psychic, it's called Psycho Soldier, but it's more like psychic soldier. Anywho, uh, you may have heard of Athena. Not the goddess, but the uh, game before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Athena arcade game that was ported to other stuff, also by SNK. It was a flagship, kind of a flagship arcade game, uh, a mascot character that they really liked. So they liked Athena. She was popular. I, I, I get it. Um, so they basically, yes. So, so that is why she she's in King of Fighters. Uh, so she is kind of. Uh, so she had her the second game they 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 put out with her. They wanted her to be like the main character but it's just it's not related at all to her original game so she's she's kind of a i guess maybe she's like a descendant descendant of the of the goddess character from the first one haven't played the first athena game so i don't know what's going on but from what i read about it she's kind of a descendant or whatever so it's so she's a pop girl and a pop idol in a band um this i think this game came out in Came out 87 in Japan, uh, 87 in North America. So some unique things about this game. So it's a side-scrolling game. The screen's moving as you're playing. Uh, you can play one or two players. You're playing as Athena or another Kenso, I think his name is. I can't quite remember. I never played as him. Uh, but the game's side-scrolling. There's four layers. So the top and then two layers and a bottom layer. So think of the screen divided into four. But it's a side-scrolling platformer. So the screen's moving with you. You can't go back. It's one of those. It's like one of those scrolling levels from Mario that Left hates. Uh, and then and each of the four levels have enemies and, and, and walls and bricks that you can destroy uh, and gaps that you can jump over. And basically, you can just jump to go between, jump up, press up or down to go between the levels. So, so you're moving along these four planes while avoiding obstacles, getting power ups, like uh, psychic balls of energy that you can throw and, and like a sword that you can use to break walls faster. Uh, what, what stood out to me immediately, though, about this game that I thought was really interesting and made me think, well, okay, this is kind of cool is that the very first stage has vocal music in it uh, done by an, uh, a then, at the time, up-and-coming pop star in Japan, whose name I can't remember. Uh, but she did the vocal song for it and the voices for Athena in the Japanese version. There was even a cassette tape that came out with that whole song on it.
and I was like, holy shit, I've never, the only other game I can think of that was predates it was a, was a Journey game, I, I think based on the band Journey, which used a cassette player, but not in, in the arcade machine, not actually as part of the game. So this is the music that's actually built into the game. That's what I read on, on Hardcore Gaming 101 at least. So, you know, you have this like kind of ca- actually quite catchy pop song. And the, and the version I had listened to at first was the English version, which was actually kind of phoned in. I, I guess apparently they didn't, I don't know who, I don't know who this, the people, the, the voice actress for the North American one, but if you listen to the, I listened to the Japanese one later and it, it is actually quite, quite catchy and a lot better than the, the English one, which is unfortunate. At any rate, so that really stood out to me. I'm like, oh, this is fun. This is catchy. Uh, you know, some J-pop playing while you're playing. And I was like, that's really cool. And the gameplay itself is pretty fun. You know, it, uh, the bosses leave something to be desired. At the end of each state, like the first boss you fight is basically you're just knocking a building down that has like bug creatures jumping out. It gets a little more complicated. The game's not easy because it's an arcade game. But, you know, I was playing on the SNK 40th Anniversary Collection, which, by the way, I recommend not just the games, but it also lets you like, switch regional like you can play so i can play the japanese version of that no problem uh has like the uh i guess it has like ports too built in so if it's ported to other other consoles you can play that version and it has a museum mode and and which has like a it's almost like a mini art book it just basically gives you a bunch of tidbits and stuff about all the games that snk has done even the ones that aren't on this collection so this collection is actually really good i, ca- I can't recommend it enough anyway so yeah uh, the uh, psycho soldier is a lot of fun uh, I know I'm not selling it too much. I mostly brought it up because of the uniqueness of of, vocal, of a vocal track. But uh, yeah, the game is pretty cool. And, I, and 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 as far as damage goes, I wouldn't damage it only because I think people should play it. I mean, the game is not perfect. It's old. There's problems. It's it's uh, if you're not playing it through emulation via like you know collections and stuff, like good luck because you know I, mean, I don't know how much money I would have pumped into this game to beat it. But you know that's arcade games. Anywho, that's Rob's review room this week. Psycho Soldier, SNK. Give it a try. If you have played it or heard about it before, let me know because I, I am curious. Yeah, all right. Sounds really cool. Yeah, let's get to the main meat and potatoes. Yeah. All right. Up next, year three capping of the games. Before we go into the shared stuff that we have, I'm going to quickly just run through my list, as I do every year. Uh, and if anything pops out, you can just either ask me at the end or stop me. So, here is the games in order that I beat in 2018. We Love Katamari, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Psychonauts The Rhombus of Ruin, Batman Arkham VR, Doom, Tales from the Borderlands, Dragon Ball Fighters, Rudy Mickle, Dark Witch music episode, Arizona Make You, uh, Near Automata three times, Clock Tower, Dragon Ball Evolution, Tokyo Xanadu, Kingdom Hearts Final Mix, Valkyrie no Densetsu, uh, God of War, Detective Pikachu, Gundam Wing Endless Duel, Yakuza Kiwami, Detroit Become Human, Kirby Star Allies, I Am Setsuna, Let, uh, Link's Awakening, Pokemon Go from you, Batman, NES, Octopath Traveler, Super Metroid, Metroid Fusion, Spider-Man, Spike McFang, Metroid Zero Mission, Captain Commando, Knights of the Round, Warriors of Fate, Armored Warriors, Battle Circus, 
Corpse Party, Metroid Prime, Among the Sleep, Outlast, Bioshock, Super Bomberman, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, Persona 5, Dancing in Starlight, Ice Climber, Persona 3, Dancing in Moonlight, King of Dragons, Final Fight, Psycho Soldier, Prehistoric Isle, 1930. Kabam! Nice. Thanks. Are there any plans to, to finish a game in the next two days? Uh, I don't. I count the 25th to the 25th. So ah, okay, I okay, actually sure. did beat a game. I, already, I finished Smash Ultimate, I think, yesterday. Nice. Which I counted as my first my first game in this year. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that, so that's those are my games. I also broke down my top five games from this year and top mm-hmm. five games I played that are not from this year, mm-hmm. uh, and then the list that we have, which we can go through. So I'll just run through real quick my extra list, and then we can just focus on the stuff that we both did. Yep. So my top five games from this year specifically in sending order, uh, starting number five: Detroit Become Human, Let's Go Pikachu, Octopath Traveler, God of War, and Spider Man. Uh, those are my yeah, so Spider-Man number one. Uh, my top fives that I played from not this year, starting at the lowest, Valkyrie no Densetsu, Super Metroid, Yakuza Kimwami, Metroid Fusion, and We Love Katamari, because mm-hmm. I love Katamari. Uh, and then my top ten games this year, that's everything I've played, Valkyrie no Densetsu, Let's Go Pikachu, Super Metroid, Octopath, Metroid Prime, Yakuza Kiwami, Metroid Fusion, We Love Katamari, God of War, and Spider-Man. There we go. Wow, amazing. What do you think about 2018? 2018? As a a gaming year? Yeah. Had a lot of... So, like, are we talking about... Not general. Like, the game... Yeah, yeah, so the 2018. Had a a lot of big... A lot of big games this year. I mean, God of War, Spider-Man are awesome. Big, huge games. Red Dead Redemption, game I haven't touched and never will. Also pretty big. Then we have Smash, which came out kind of late, I think. Uh, But... Also, a really good game. So, like, a good handful of great games. Then we have Octopath Traveler, which is kind of an old-school take on RPGs that we haven't seen in a long time. We had a fucking a, a tr- a tribute title that had mechanics that I thought I was going to hate, but wound up liking a lot and kind of wanted to keep going with Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. So, like, I don't know. I think it's been a pretty good year. Uh, uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. A Dragon Ball game won a game award. Like how that's never happens. Mm-hmm. So I mean that was that was the didn't make any of my list because it's still a fighting game, but like I love Dragon Ball Fighters. It was awesome. And yeah, I think it was a pretty good year. How about you? Because of my personal preferences, right? And and because of what I play, which tends to be, you know, partial to Nintendo. Yeah. Um and also because I don't like like everything that Nintendo makes specifically. Um like to me, it was like an okay year. Um, I I felt like I used my Switch a lot more last year. Like it was much much stronger. I, I'm still in love with my Switch, and I'm getting to Switch use is it. amazing. Yeah, I'm getting to use it a lot more now that it has YouTube actually, because I play games and I put YouTube. Because I, I I don't have like any of the other consoles that can, you know, play Netflix or YouTube or whatever. So right, right. I'm, YouTube, I, yeah, I haven't. Yeah. So I use my switch. I use my switch like as my primary or actually like only console. So, uh, so that was good, even though it sounds weird. But you know, having YouTube on the switch to me was one of the highlights of of my of my year in terms of like console related stuff. Uh, Nint- yeah. the, the Nintendo Online stuff, like I don't know, it felt underwhelming. Uh, uh, it is underwhelming in a way. Like I like the I like it, but yeah. like. 
the idea of just doing NES games is kind of weird to me. I don't know. I don't like that as much, I guess you could say. Yeah, like it's not bad. It's just underwhelming. That I think. Yeah, yeah. Word. Yeah. And 100% underwhelming. In terms of gaming, like to me, I, again, it wasn't as strong as 2017, but uh, people seem to be very happy with a, a lot of stuff that happened in general in gaming. So that's good. And it seems to me like 2019 is going to be like really exciting in terms of, you know, some of the titles that are coming out. So yeah, that's, I hope so. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. I want it to be. So we have a, we have a, <laughs> a half filled out list of things, uh, half filled up because only two of us have, are here. Yeah. Want to go through a little bit of, uh, BB stats before we go into yeah, let's categories. Do it. So some BB stats. Yeah. The baby stat. So we released, uh, you know, up to this one, because I, I intend to release this one as part of this year, but, you know, before yes. that, up to that, um, we released this year 43 episodes, which is really nice, plus one, plus this one, which is really, really mm-hmm. nice. Um, there were 26 episodes of Bonus Barrel, there's going to be 27, plus, uh, once we have that. We also released one mini and 16 BBBs, so that's good. Um, our total airtime... Right now, it's 52 hours, 35 minutes, and 53 seconds, plus whatever this ends up being. Oh, wow. Our That's sh- funny. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, our shortest episode was uh, the first BBB, which was only uh, 18 minutes and 33 seconds. Actually, <laughs> the, the original recording of that is much, much longer, but that, that first episode was a pain to make. And, you know, if, if, I, yeah. if I can talk a little bit about BBB, I mean, that, that was a fun project. Um, but it was really, really hard to make because I was uh, I d- double guessed myself in each one of those episodes. But um, I'm glad we put those out and we had the opportunity to interview some people from the club and stuff. So that was cool. Yeah, man. Our longest episode was, you know, our compilation, BB Top 100 <laughs> Special, which ended up being five hours and 31 minutes long. Crazy. And I also have some some interesting stuff that I think we never mentioned. But <laughs> up to the day I, I was I was making the spreadsheet, we had three thousand three hundred eighty seven plays on SoundCloud, which was oh, interesting. Cool. Our episode with the least plays was, of course, at the time our newest episode, which was twenty four. Right. And our most played episode was the uh, episode one seventy five, the Batman episode, had one hundred and sixty plays. That's cool, eh? Wow, that's high for uh, us. Yeah, and our average plays per episode was like 78 plays per episode, which, you know, thank you very much to everyone that is listening. (laughs) To me, that's perfectly good. I like it. Yeah. And in terms of our main BB, again, was 26 episodes. Rob, you know, of course, attended 100% of those. Uh, Yeah, I have to. Shelby, the 24, which is 92%. Left. Eight episodes, which is thirty point seventy seven percent, and I did twenty, yeah. which was seventy six point ninety two percent. I gotta say, surprised. I'm surprised with Shelby. Good for her. Yeah, did not realize she was in all but two. That's like way better than I thought. It's amazing, eh? Uh, Damn. <laughs> and we had nine episodes with guests, which was thirty four point sixty two percent. That's a good amount of guests. Yeah. So thank you very much for, to all of our guests, also that joined oh, yeah. this year. I think we had. a Great year. It was fun. I think so too, man. Yeah, we moved into this bi weekly schedule. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is making uh, uh, the episodes a little bit longer, but also a little bit 
better, I think. Not sure. I think so. Yeah. Less chance of burnout too, right? Yeah. And more time to play some of the games <laughs> in question. <laughs> and we damaged 19 things. I'm not going to say games because there's a few right, right, movies movie in there. And stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's our review for the year. Three, although, you know, BBBB is a separate thing, but, you know, I'll count it. Yeah. We have three perfect games this year uh, in terms of our recommendations. Kirby Superstar, Florence, and Link's Awakening. Yeah, and one full damage. <laughs> one one zero percent recommendation of Ice Climber. That's funny. Uh huh. It's kind of neat seeing. Uh, I lo- I love seeing this like the review stats of, of games. Just seeing our opinions on on games is fun to me. I like it. Mm-hmm. So the last segment of the show is just the you and I talking about some things like our most anticipated, our favorite played, etc. Yeah. So why don't you start things off? Yeah, we have a few categories here, um, so we're going to start with a game that I wish I had played was Tetris mm. Effect, which is a PS4 exclusive, I think, at the moment. Oh, but really? It, cool. But when I, in, and it's, it's, it's also like a PSVR game, and it seems very strange to oh, me really? that a lot of people are saying that that game is really, really great in VR, uh, but I don't really care. It's mm. just, you know, having like a really good Tetris game out there, because a lot of t- Tetris games, like oh, Tetris in general as a concept is mm-hmm. fun, but you know, really good Tetris titles are not as common. If you don't love Tetris, that's what I mean. Like, but right. people seem to love Tetris Effect. Seem like they did something really, really cool with the visuals and the oh, I'm, I'm interested the in audio. that. So I'm super interested in playing Tetris Effect. I hope it gets uh, uh, you know wider release and Switch or whatever. Um, but if not, I'm gonna try to play this on uh, somehow. You could just get a PlayStation 4. I could. <laughs> oh, uh, Cedric's Effect is available physical. You know what? I'll add it to my my wish list and get that soon. Yeah. Or I'll just buy it. That's also an option. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. All right, Tetris Effect. Nice. I'll, I'll, you know, I need more games for my VR, so I, I'll give that a try. So at least one of us will be able to achieve your dream of, of playing that game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Cool. Uh, my my uh, game I wish I played this year, not from 2018, uh, but I kind of did this last minute, so I, I wasn't like, uh, I guess I wasn't thinking it super clear at the time. Uh, but again, so I just think about series series that I haven't played yet. So a series that that I wouldn't necessarily say that goes in that list of you have to play this, but of ones that come up a lot is the Fatal Frame series, and I really, I wish I had played a Fatal Frame game. Uh, I also did not do my third Phoenix Wright game this year so that's another game i need to i need to get into mm-hmm. so yeah those are so i guess two for me any of the fatal frame series and uh, the third phoenix right game so those those two are all have to be on my 2019 list for sure all right then the next category is our favorite damaged game you know a game that we reviewed and damaged in uh oh wait in does it have to be damaged so it, the 100 ones don't count no 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 just the game that we oh that went through the damage process, I guess. We uh, tried. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, we my, tried. <laughs> my favorite one this year was Left 4 Dead 2. Maybe not because uh, it's the better game of the bunch, but because I really enjoyed the experience of playing together and talking about it and the memories that we created together. Um, that, oh, was yeah. a, that was a great experience for me personally. So that's why I, I'm choosing Left 4 Dead 2. Nice. 
good choice. Uh, I chose Link's Awakening. It is one of my favorite games of all time, so kind of not much you need to say about that, just that I love the game. Yeah, and a fun so episode. Yeah, it was. Uh, so I'll start the next category off. Worst game played in 2018. Yeah. So, you know, easiest thing would be to say Ice Climber. But I don't know if that's the worst game I actually play. Like, I could pick up and play a couple more levels of Ice Climber, and, and I'm not going to, like, you know, turn into a... Uh, like, I'm not going to die. I'm not going to set a flame or something. But I don't really want to play Alzora Make You ever again. Because the game was... <laughs> It's not very fun and kind of oh, ah, there's a part of me that would find it funny. Uh-huh. And even though I think it's the wor- I think that's the worst game I played this year. Uh-huh. Was, 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 uh, make you the uh, independently produced digital uh, visual visual novel that we played. <laughs> yeah, you know I <laughs> I just Day. I couldn't choose one of one of the games that that we that we play for our Valentine's Day special because those are really good memories. <laughs> those are my favorite episodes. I uh-huh. love them. Yeah, and I'm li- really looking forward to having Jordan again uh, for our next Valentine's Day episode, if that happens. Um, oh, we'll get her. But for, to me, it was really Ice Climber. Like, the fact that it deserves <laughs> full damage, and that hasn't happened... <laughs> it to a don't, Nintendo game. <laughs> yeah, it only has happened twice, really. And we are really fair with the games i feel like most of the time when a game is really really near full damage one of us always says but you know it has this redeeming quality so you know we don't go all the way and the fact that it happened to me is like it, it's very telling so that's why i'm choosing ice climber that's my worst game played in 2018. <laughs> it had it had to happen yeah unfortunately uh so the next category is played games honorable mention favorite games that we've played yeah not necessarily year. from 2018 correct uh not not the f- so the next category after that is your favorite game of 2018 so this is the, our honorable mentions mm-hmm. uh for me it was uh, we love katamari uh you know that i love that series yeah. and i will have to try and get a couple more katamaris out this year actually i'm playing katamari reroll for switch right now that'll be done you know i'm just playing a level or two here there uh, but that's great. So yeah, Katamari followed by Metroid Fusion. So of the five or six Metroid games I play this year, they're all good. I haven't played one that I f- I think was bad, but I think the best one is probably Metroid Fusion. That was for Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it's I can't remember where it chronologically takes place. Maybe it's right before Super Metroid or right. At, I can't remember. However, the game is super fun really tight experience on, on Game Boy Advance. Like, everything that makes Super Metroid good plus more is, is, is the case for Super Metroid. has a really cool post-game stuff. It's a really good setup, really good plot for, for why you lost your powers. Cool costumes, fun designs. It's an awesome game. Like, the Metroid se- series, I took decades to finally play, uh, like, really play. And man, so it was worth it. The game the game is games are so good. Uh, and lastly, God of War. I mean, it, it, it was a phenomenal game. I'm sure if I had a kid, uh, it would probably mean even more to me. But uh, the game was, was a lot of fun. Really, really cool story. Really cool combat. Uh, exploration was a blast. Just like, I mean, everybody knows. If you played it already, you know why it's so, why it's so great. It could easily be a number one, for sure. For me, my honorable mentions... Uh, I, I have to start with her story 
it's a game that is so very interesting to me personally and going back to our, our little you know discussion about the story in games you know this, this is a great example because really what you're doing in this game is just watching videos but what you're yeah. doing along with experiencing the story like mechanically you have to you know really analyze what this character is is saying and expressing you know and observing you know the things that are on the screen and and, and the interconnections between all those videos um if you want a really good example of a character that can be three-dimensional really rich uh, backstory and you know with great you know performing in terms of you know, acting in such and such and having a real game having the the medium being utilized in in a way that is very novel and very gamey like this is a really good, great example it's a really small game really cheap you can play it anywhere like literally i played it on my phone it was great and it also was kind of scary um so yeah her story gotta put it there um one puzzle game you know i love puzzle games yeah my favorite genre so uh but you know you can't really mention puzzle games too much because they're not really that exciting to talk about um same as tetris but one puzzle game that i really enjoyed ever since i played it for the first time on my ds is picross picross ds was a really great title that i still go back to very often but i found picross s which i think the s stands for switch uh, for for the switch and there's i think like four of them already because they put them out really really uh, i think quickly but I really liked it and enjoyed it and it has this spot in my list because uh, it has a co-op mode so two players can, can play together so I value the couch co-op experiences that I can have with my wife and both of us you know going through the, through a puzzle like it's, that doesn't sound like, like it would work but it does in a really strange way um, if you like puzzle games and you know kind of like a little bit of a mindless activity time killer uh, this is a really good one and in general if I, i'm gonna cheat a little bit but for for me this year was uh the ace attorney year in terms of gaming i rediscovered this series and i went into completionist mode and you know you know the reason why i i actually played the second one was because i was listening to an episode of bonus barrel from last year it was a lot of fun uh, when we talk about the first game, and I think it was you and Shelby talking about the second game a lot, talking about some of the cases in that game, and I was like, mm -hmm. and I was wanting to understand the references, and I, I remember enjoying the first one a lot, so I went and played the second one, and I, and I loved it. Oh, not that I loved the game, but I love, I, I just love the game series in general, what they do and how they tell stories. So I, I guess I did love it. <laughs> You, uh, you know, you playing Ace Attorney also brought to the first clash between you and Shelby ever, <laughs> where you basically called her a hysterical person who needs to calm down. Basically. Uh, I think that's your words, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just that she's really passionate about it, and she has her opinions, and she loves the fifth, the, the, the fifth game, and I really hate it. Not not hate it, I just, I think it's not it's not a great game at all and she hates the sixth one and i think the sixth one is is kind of like the the better one of the main branch of the ace attorney game so that i mean i love to disagree you know having discussions so i was great too and do you stand by the fact that she was overreacting well my point was <laughs> my point was that she hated that game so much that she stopped playing for two years right and to me, yeah. that's a little bit of a reaction, but 
Um, I don't uh, know. I wish he was here. <laughs> like I don't know. Maybe it sounds worse. Like the the word that the the, the word. But... No, it, it's fine. She's fine. She's not mad. She's alright. Um, but I I keep telling her to finish that game because the the DLC case in the sixth game. Um, it's, if I had to choose a game as uh you know to pick from the AA series to be here, yeah, I think it will be the sixth game. I really really love the the, the sixth game. Oh uh, yeah, really rub it in Shelby's face. Yeah. Fight <laughs> spike choice. So, what was your favorite game you played this year, Rob? Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been reading Spider Man since I was a child. Yeah. I used to draw my own Spider Man comics. Uh, I don't have any of them anymore, unfortunately. Uh, but no, I love the character, and this game celebrates everything that makes the character great. They basically took the best of all of his lore, like from his comics, from movies and stuff, and made a new setting. You rarely ever get Peter Parker who's in his mid-20s. You either get the current comic stuff, which is he's late 20s, early 30s, who has, you know, 60 years of comic history behind him, or you get the constant reboots of making him a kid in high school. But this is a mid-20s Peter Parker who's competent, put together, has a really interesting story, Mary Jane's really cool. So many costumes to, that you can collect, and that's a lot. That's a lot. At least Spider-Man's a character who's had a ton of costumes, and if you've been a fan over the years, everybody has their own favorites. And uh, being able to see... That. And plus the new ones for the game are really good. And uh, like the characters were all really fantastic. Web slinging through New York was so fun. Like in terms of gameplay, just just like you could fast travel, but I almost never fast travel because you didn't really need it. It's just fun to swing around as Spider-Man. You really feel very Spider-Man like in this game. You feel like the character you're playing. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. I think it deserves game of the year. Uh, but you know, I could see why God of War. And I guess conceptually, I could see why Red Dead would do just as well, if not better. But, but uh, I, oh man, what a great game! I really hope they do more superhero games. Insomniac nailed it. It's so fun. Uh, yeah, I can't recommend it enough. I love Spider-Man. No damage. <laughs> uh, the favorite game I played this year has to be Captain Kenji. Two, which I it never got released in North America. Right. I guess it would be a sequel to the Ace Attorney Investigations game, which is a really yeah. bad game. Not bad game. It's just not. It's kind of weak. Um, it's very interesting what they did, and I remember telling Shelby that if this game had better cases with those same mechanics, would be a really really great game. And that's what they did with the with the sequel. Like the sequel has. Some of the best cases in the series. Uh, the mechanics are great, are fantastic, and the protagonist is my favorite character in the series, which is uh, Miles Edgeworth. Mm-hmm. So it's great all around. Um, so I went into such a completionist mode with this with this series that, <laughs> you know, I was looking for a way to play this game, and I was really surprised. And and really, one of the reasons why it's my favorite game this year is because um, this game was intervened by a community of people that really really loved the series and wanted to give to the fandom the opportunity to play this game and they translated not only they translated but they really interpreted um, the spirit of, of that game uh, created you know new names and assets and really took care and and acted as an official team would do mm-hmm. I guess it's not like a half-baked effort and you can see the love so it's to me, it's like the ultimate fan fiction, but it's yeah, and I enjoyed the story around it, so that's why it's my standout game for this year. All right, 
So that leads us to honorable mentions of 2018. Yep. Uh, and this is from games this year. It came out this year. Correct. Uh, so God of War, I already talked about it. Uh, Octopath Traveler is kind of a love letter to old school RPGs. Uh, I think I've talked about this in the show, but it was good. So the, uh, but uh, I don't, I won't go too much into it because most people know about it. But the kind of the honorable mention that I threw up there at the last minute, I could easily have put Smash or any other of the amazing games, but I actually chose SNK 40th anniversary for Switch, um, nice. which is because in the last like I've only been playing for like the last two weeks because I've been playing all these other games, but the. It, it, and actually, there's an article on it in the Retro Gamer that I picked up uh, about all the work and effort they did. Like, this, the people behind the scenes went, like, the guy, like, the people, I think Digital, I want to say Digital Foundry is the one who published it. I can't remember. But the people basically working on it wanted to make it, like, a, a curated museum of these games. Not just not just have the games in the collection, but to be able to, like, like the, he, they went to get all the original motherboards and shit. Like I guess the story I was reading in the magazine is one of the guys working on it went to rural Japan to find an arcade board for the very first SNK arcade game so that he could, you know, experience it himself and talk about it in the kind of museum mode. Oh, really? So, huh. yeah, and basically he went through tracking down like old Japanese like uh, magazine letters and shit so that they could basically uh, kind of compare the faulty information and try to get the truest story they could based on that time frame. So the article was very interesting that I was reading about the actual game. This is after I started playing the games on it. Another thing they did that's really clever that they've not done in a lot of other games is it called, I think it's like, the, I don't know what, I don't know what it's called, but I'll call it the jump in mode. So basically because they use different emulators to shit to play the game, every game that's on there, they have someone has played through the game and you can jump in at any point and just keep playing for where they laugh left off. So if you're stuck in one of the games, you could watch how they beat it, or you could just be like, cool, I'm going to jump in here and keep on playing from this play file. Isn't that really cool? That is really cool. I, and I don't think it's ever been done on any other like uh, compilation collection. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is really neat. Like if you want to like get to a certain point and just jump in, that is really cool. Uh, and I really like that. And like I said before, like, the the uh, the so the other stuff that this has so the guy in the article said that like he was taught he someone I think they also did the Street Fighter 30th anniversary one which was another compilation thing and he said that someone came up to him and like said you know I spent hours in this game but I haven't even played any of the games yet and that's because the guy or the, the guy the people the group the 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 company puts so much extra stuff into the game so this so every game that's available to play has the entire soundtrack on it that you can go and listen to. Uh, in there, plus, like, like I said, it has like a, a chronological uh, chronological order of all the SNK games. So even the ones not on this game, there's also like you can go and read about them, and they have like just like obscure information about each of the games. And I'm sorry, I'm going a little long on here, but like, like I just can't get like this is how an anniversary collection should be done. So good, and like it gives you so much information. Yeah, you're selling uh, it really yeah, well. <laughs> I can't recommend it if you have a Switch and an interest in old games and an interest in gaming history. So basically, Seiji, yeah. I recommend getting this game. And we can. There's a few in here I want to do for for the show, you know. So, uh, yeah, I I honestly, man, if you see it or are tempted at all, pick it up. I think you'll really appreciate it. And I, I like SNK, but most of the stuff you see nowadays is Metal Slug and like all the fighting games, King of yeah. the Fighting, Samurai Showdown, all that stuff. But this is their stuff kind of before then. This is their arcade shit before the Neo Geo. 
And mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of neat stuff there. And it's cool to see some of the history uh, before that. And uh, yeah, so uh, SNK 40th anniversary. Check it out. Nice. Um, for me, my honorable mentions, I'll start with Smash Ultimate. It's a game that, you know, I wasn't too excited about and I'm still not too excited about and I'm gonna pick it up at some point but I got the opportunity to play it um, in, in a party that I attended um, last week I think and it was a lot of fun but at the same time it was it's, it's still kind of like the same as Smash 4 I guess uh, for the Wii U um, it felt mm-hmm. pretty much the same which is great because that's a great game um, the UI is different, I guess. Uh, I like the idea <laughs> of. <laughs> Did you play the? the what, the oh, first? sorry. Single player. The event, the adventure mode. Yeah, have you played? Because no, that's that's I very haven't. different from from the other Smash games. Yeah, I'll, I'll play that when I get it, and and, and I'm and I'm going to at some point. Um, but I just played, you know, the couch co-op mode, which is always great. You know, having people over and and you know just smashing it out. Um, smashing it up, yeah. I I did find some differences. Like I found that it was a little bit laggy or some something. Like everybody's saying that at first it's a little bit weird because they changed some stuff, and I was just reacting to it. Like I was just trying to play it as the Wii U game, and uh, um, I felt a little <laughs> bit of a lag. But everybody says that once you get over that, you know, it's just same old. Uh, but I put it there because I think it's a it is a game that they made with a lot of love at the very least not just you know it's a, it wasn't just a port of the switch they they had some ideas but they they it's weird i'm going to say something really weird but i don't think they oversold the game you know what i mean i don't know if if you think the, you think they did or did, don't think they did I, I don't think they did it like with with the smash for the wii u they they you know the ads were a lot you know, they talk about it a lot. They try to to sell it a lot, but this one just, even though it's a is an event, in terms of gaming, uh, it was eh, somehow low key. I don't know. That's how that's how I feel about it. Maybe because I was I wasn't paying a lot of attention. Yeah, I see what you mean. But I don't feel like a lot of like hype was built up or. I mean, Nintendo did its own thing with the Smash Directs and all that stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think I know what you mean. Like, because they had the uh, like. I think back when that Smash was coming out, they were, they were like doing the uh, Nintendo tour and shit, right? Like you could play Smash at certain locations, and they had that that Nintendo bus that was going across Canada at the time. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? I remember yeah. that. Anyway, yeah. I don't know if Smash was there or not, but at any rate, yeah, I guess I kind of see what you mean. Um, I my biggest complaint with Smash is is the lack of bios for all the all the spirit sprites, you know. Mm-hmm. There's 1,300 plus sprites in this game, which is really cool. Sorry, spirits, which is really, really cool. I actually like collecting them. I like the way they integrated the battles for unlocking them. Each one kind of tells a story with the Smash mechanics. I talked about this last time, I'm pretty sure. But um, yeah, I, I really like uh, I really like the way that... I really like all the inclusion of all the different series they have in there. But, but man, a little bio, come on. Yeah. I, I want that. Tell me who Starfy is. I love Starfy. <laughs> I want I want a bio. The Starfy. I'm gonna make sure we we gotta fucking play a Starfy game this yeah. year coming up. Yeah. I I have I yeah. There's only one North American game we can play that one. Fuck man, Starfy. He's legendary. I love Starfy. <laughs> yeah. Next honorable mention is a game that I recently discovered on the Google Play Store. So I'm playing it on my mm-hmm. phone. It's called Gora Goa. And talking about you know games that are like it, it's a puzzle game, but it's 
it's so cool um, how they tell the story through like comic book panels, but they they're built like with pieces of paper and it's a beautiful game. I don't know how to describe it. Um, it's a puzzle game that told, but it's a story that is being told through a comic book panel. It and the art uh, the artwork is is, is really unique. Um, I don't know. It's a beautiful game. I I just want to put it out there. It's a really small title. I think it's like really cheap on the on the app store or whatever. I really recommend it. And I think it's out for a bunch of other things. I think it was originally released in December 2017 for some platforms, but it got a it got a wider release in 2018. I think it's on the Switch also. Not sure. I nice. think it's on every, I think it's on everything. But I really recommend <laughs> that. Um, and my last honorable mention for 2018 has to be Overcooked. Again, I love those couch co-op um, experiences. Uh, I played this a lot, a lot, a lot with my wife, trying to get all those uh, four stars in every level. It's a very, very interesting uh, type of game. Like It's a game that, that you might think that is uh, kind of less, small and, and not very, I don't know how to say it, but high profile game, but somehow it got a lot of, a lot of praise from a lot of people, and uh, I was really surprised about that. And it really deserves it. Um, it's a great game. It has a lot of technical issues. I find it has bugs and some stuff that the the user experience in the UI, you know, can can have. Now, it could be improved, but in general, like the game is great. It's very 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 playable. So that's it. Awesome. Game of the year. Well. I mean, I, I will just say it. Spider-Man already talked about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so rewind the episode if you want to hear it again. But yeah, <laughs> Spider-Man. Up top for me. Yeah. Uh, my game of the year pick uh, has to be Florence. It's a game that I thoroughly enjoyed. I enjoyed it so much that I just wanted to talk about it. And I found someone that was willing to talk about it. And, and we did that BBB there. Um, and, you know, play with P2 because I, I knew that he would really enjoy it. Uh, that type of experience, you know, quirky love story. He always mentions those. Oh, it's about love and shit? Alright, I actually don't know anything about this game. I thought it was a flower game. This is not what I was thinking. I was thinking of Flo this entire time. What the fuck is Florence? Florence is, you know, talking, again, talking about characters, story, <laughs> in games, and also in a way that I enjoyed it, right? That, that I mm -hmm. like to experience a story in a game. Uh, and Florence is a perfect example. Because it, it really is that. It's linear, and it's a story about this girl, and it's it's a story about love. I don't want to give too much. Because I love really, love. There, there, there's, not, there's not a lot in there. Uh, but you know, in terms of, of the plot of the game, it's really simplistic. But how they tell the story and how they use, again, puzzles. Yeah, I guess mm -hmm. there, there's a theme here, right? Like, like puzzles and like, you know, novel <laughs> ways to use gameplay. So you're playing this game and you're thinking about the game and, and, it, and it reflects what you are, what you're feeling. And that's really hard because you have to put a lot of thought. But when you feel a certain way, there are ways to represent those feelings. Yes, yes visually, yes, you know, through audio. And there's also, and there must be, and this is something that we need to explore as, as game developers, there must be ways to represent feelings in a, in a mechanical way. And, and because we experience that in real life. And Florence, even though it's this really, really small game, it's kind of silly, and you know, but it to me, it, it did that for me. 
I'm always ready to highlight and praise a game that finds ways, you know, to do all of those things integrally. So, yeah. Well, guess what? It's it's a good thing that this isn't. Uh, here's why you should play, because then I would lose. I, I just downloaded it, so oh, uh, I'll great. give it a try at some point <laughs> soon. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's like a twenty minute game or something like that. I spent more, a lot more, because I was going really, really slowly. But I think I, you can go through it in 20, 30 minutes. Oh, that's so, short, eh? Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I misjudged. There's a, a it's, it's me doing a typical thing where I don't pay attention. Uh, I thought it was a different game. I, w- I did not give it a second thought. I was like, oh, that's stupid. Not stupid, because I know people like it, but I'm like, oh, that flower game, that's cool. I have no interest. Uh, I did not realize it was a quirky little indie title about love. I like those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Now, and that clearly shows that I have not been listening to all the BBB, so good for me. <laughs> you know what? I, I, might, I might beat this today. That's only, you're right. It's only 39 minutes, according to how long to beat, so mm-hmm. fucking yeah. hey, that'll, that'll be a game down this year. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's cool. I'll give it. I'll give it a try. Yeah. And then maybe I'll give you my damage on it. Thus, sure. bring it into into the canon. Yeah. Of uh, bonus barrel. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we only have a couple more things left. Let's get let's get her done. We have uh, bring back my list up here. Your, yeah, your biggest Hopeful. hope. Yeah. All right. So for me, I chose Final Fantasy VII news. <laughs> so <laughs> any anything about Final Fantasy VII remake would be pretty cool or a physical edition of ff7 for switch because we are getting final Fantasy 7 at some point for switch so how about a physical one so i could rebuy it mm-hmm. i tell you right now i haven't replayed ff7 in its purest form in a long time it came out if it came out physically on switch i might go through it again mm-hmm. even though i'm kind of saving myself for the remake i love final Fantasy 7 my favorite game of all time excellent so give me give, give me some news I guess for me it's the same, but for Pikmin 4. Like, I know... Wait, that wait, you... wait, wait, that's weird. You already have Pikmin 4. It's out already. Did you even I, play it? I know. Hey! You... Pikmin! I know that you maintain that, hey, Pikmin is Pikmin 4. I don't. Oi! I... Pikmin! <laughs> I am still hopeful. And for 2019, I want... For Pikmin 5? Pikmin... Four, <laughs> but proper. I guess if it's Pikmin Five, it's fine. It's fine too. But you know, proper Pikmin. Uh, I hope, it, I hope it says Pikmin Five. I hope it says Pikmin Five. Like it has Mario Kart Seven, and I, I, I'll never forget the article I read about Mario Kart Seven, where they're like, "We named it Mario Kart Seven because it's the seventh Mario." Kart game. <laughs> <laughs> like everything else had like Mario Kart Wii and, and you know all the other Mario Kart Circuit, all that shit. But then they're like Mario Kart Seven, and I just remember the literal reason in that fucking article. That's that's what they're gonna do with Pikmin Five. They're gonna be like, this is the fifth Pikmin. No, so they decided to call it Pikmin Five. <sighs> or hey, Pikmin Five. <laughs> <laughs> So what, what's your most anticipated game of 2019, Sadie? So from the stuff that we know that is coming out, um, I have my biggest hopes on Animal Crossing Switch. I really want to play Animal Crossing again, and I hope it's as good as the as New Leaf, but on my Switch, and that mm-hmm. there's a lot of people from the club, and, um, you know, more people that I know that are playing, and we can you know, interact, and there's really novel ways to do it in Animal Crossing Switch. I... You know, to me, Pokemon is the same way, but I don't. I, we don't know if Pokemon is coming out in 2019. We don't know if, anything about it. If we knew that 
that Pokemon was coming out in 2019, that will be my most anticipated. But, but yeah, yeah, don't same know, here. It has to be Animal Crossing Switch. Yeah. Like if there was a trailer or something and like coming in 2019, then I would probably be like, all right, give me Pokemon. But I just played Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. I'm still playing Pokemon Go on occasion. So like Pokemon's good in my mind right now. I feel like we just got that title. I doubt we're going to get it this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you know if it's coming out uh, as the year goes by, I'm sure it'll be most, my most hype. Because right now, my most hype, I only have to wait like a month because it's Kingdom Hearts 3. Nice. Uh, I can't believe it's finally coming out. I'm actually buying the uh, PlayStation 4 Pro. Uh, just I've been wanting a Pro for a while. I have the Slim, and it's a, it's a Kingdom Hearts 3. Mm-hmm. One, it comes with the game, a physical copy of the game, so I'm going to just buy it. And uh, yeah, I should. You know what? I should. You should buy my other PS4 for me, Xavier. I might. And you would. And you would have one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Kingdom Hearts Three out, out. I mean, this is a game that's been waiting for a while. I've, I've been slowly building up for it by playing older games and, and watching. I have. I keep having to rewatch, rewatch videos summarizing the story of the series, and I still don't quite know what's going on entirely. I don't think Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to help with that. I think I'm still going to be confused. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love it anyways. Uh, you know, here's the thing that, that uh, they've done with the series that I don't like. And I, and I think it's going to continue with the third one. But they've lessened the amount of Final Fantasy characters. It's more and more Disney. It's all about that Disney. I like Disney, actually, quite a bit. Um, but I love Final Fantasy more. Mm-hmm. Kind of bums me out that that they're doing less with the characters, but you know, whatever. That's that's life. I guess that's life. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm still look, I'm still looking forward to the game. So there we go. That's my most anticipated currently of 2019. Kind of a cheap because it's out so soon. But uh, so you know, maybe check with me if we halfway through the year, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll, I'll have a new one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. There we go. That's uh, how long is this episode so far? About an hour and a half. Probably, yeah, like almost hour. Well, you know, it's bonus barrel. That's what happens when we uh, we like when it's just me and you, I guess. Yeah, that no one, always no one, no always happens. The line. Yeah, I went. I went in this episode thinking we're not going to fill forty minutes of stuff <laughs> uh, because I had no notes going in except for the game stuff I did, yeah. and then a couple of blurbs, <laughs> and then an hour and forty minutes later, uh, just two of us, and and we're are coming at uh, calling it an end. So that's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, I might see I might see P two uh, next month. Oh really? I'm thinking of making a trip down to see uh, to see Dragon Ball uh, Broly in the theaters. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so. So I might I might go down because Dragon Ball is the best. So I need I need to see it in a big mm-hmm. screen. I might go up there and see P two. Nice. I I think I think P one's still on a boat somewhere, or sub. He's back soon. I think. I hope I hope so. I miss P. I want them to bring back weekly. I know you still listen. I know you still listen, Mark, because you you message me on occasion with when you respond to stuff on the show. Mm-hmm. So Mark. Hear my words. We need a weekly back. As a matter of fact, Sundary J said last last episode when you recapped some of the club stuff that it reminded him of weekly in a good way that he, he misses it. So people, we want that weekly. I just want the bros back, man. Mm-hmm. The club's doing fine. Oh yeah, everybody running it is great. This is me selfishly wanting those bros back. Bring back the bros. B B B. It's amazing. <laughs> 
bring back the bros. <laughs> bring back the bros. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's great. Well, here we are at the end end of the year, Seiji. You're going to be able to get this under under. You're going to be able to get this in in time. That's what I'm going to try. I'm going to try. All right. Well, let's let's call it. Uh, let's do it. Let's call it the end of the year. End of our third year of bonus barrel. 2015, 16, 17, 18. That's correct. That's right. Yeah. So he's soon going to be our fourth anniversary. All of 2016, all of 2017, all of 2018. We've done four years of bonus barrel. Yeah. Is that right? That's well, soon. That's disgusting. Next month's going to be Yeah, almost, almost four years. Yeah. That is gross. That's a lot of bonus barrel. I can't believe we're on the, our episode 180. That's just, that's weird. That's weird that we're still doing this. Yeah. But we are. We are. It's we're, amazing. I, we're I love it. Yeah. yeah. Me too. It's fun. And uh, yeah, I love the club. Thankfully, I'm glad we're a part of it. All right, so so that's it. There we go. Well, thank you for listening to us for however long you've been listening. Shout out the core, probably one of our most hardcore members or yes. listeners. Uh, you know, Sundary J and P Two have also listened to all of them, and and uh, Sundary J and, and that BBQ crew have been listening since the very beginning. So you know, they're still pretty. They're up there. But I know those two. I have no idea who Core is, but I'm glad he listens. I like him. Listens and comments on every episode. It's insane. Make it the best way possible. Right? Yep. <laughs> okay, well. Thanks, thanks for listening. Uh, next next year, we should be starting back with Shelby. Uh, maybe, you know, get some guests going on. It'll be a good year. We'll figure it out. All right. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. This is Rob. And it's AG. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs>